0: make the most out of your daily commute or next road trip in a new Audi from Audi Atlanta. And what better way to do it than behind the wheel of a stylish Audi A5 Sportback. Hey, it's Finn, along with my friends at Audi Atlanta, here to introduce this city to the Audi A5 Sportback. With a versatile and athletic design, the beauty lies within. Combining the sleekness of a coupe with the practicality of a four-door hatchback. And right now, you can lease the Audi A5 Sportback for $537 per month. Find yours at AudiAtlanta.com. And use the Jim Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire purchase online or shop in person on Petrie Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Experience the thrill of driving like never before at Audi Atlanta. Offer applies to a 36-month lease, 2024 Audi A5 Sportback 40, 537 per month, 10,000 miles per year with 4731 due at signing. Example stock number A25954, MSRP 49905, excludes tax, tag, and title fees. Offer expires 531.24 with approved credit.
1: Surprisingly, i
0: believe.
1: for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status the Welcome into the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined as always by my co-host Aaron Murray. And Aaron, week zero's in the books. We talked about how dumb of a name that was last week. And the football was almost as dumb as the name, but I think it was what you and I both expected. First game of the season, long-awaited, really sloppy Lots of turnovers, lots of penalties, a fun one late, a crazy one early. Let's break it all down. Miami and Florida kicked it off at the Camping World kickoff game in Orlando, Florida. You and I went back and forth about this last week, and we will continue to break it down and then look towards Week one, this upcoming Labor Day weekend. Before we do that, though, make sure you follow us on social media. I am at Drew Butler13. Aaron is at Aaron Murray11 on Twitter and Instagram. And you have to be following all of our pages on Punt and Pass. We are at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Our new intern, Christina, has been crushing it. She mm-hmm. is doing a giveaway right now. We're giving away some swag from Imperial Hats go follow us follow Aaron and I as well and we will make sure that you get everything that you need on our social media pages at punt and pass so thank you Christina all right let's break this thing down Aaron week 0 roundup this is going to be a quick little 10 to 15 minute episode Florida squeaks it out against Miami on Saturday night 24 to 20 this game was infuriating if you were a Florida or a Miami fan. Quite frankly, I enjoyed it. I thought it was exactly what you and I expected. You were right on the outcome. I was right on the spread. That's probably what matters most.
2: No, I listen, I didn't enjoy it for the fact that it was just so sloppy. And oh. and, and I'm not a defensive guy, obviously. I, I want to see good, clean football. Well, that's expected. Week one, defenses are always a little bit ahead. It takes offense a couple weeks to kind of gel. So now both teams have a a kind of a free bye week before their next game to figure out what's going on because both offenses were just completely up and down. You look at Miami, offensive line was atrocious. I think 16 TFLs, 10 sacks. Jaron Williams never had an opportunity to throw the ball for the majority of the night. And and, uh, they are young on the offensive line. And you look at Florida and one of their strengths is the defensive side, especially the defensive line and that secondary, and they just... I felt bad for him because, honestly, at points he looked like a pretty good quarterback. He moved well. He threw some of those big dig routes, you know, those 16 to 18-yard in routes yeah. with good velocity, good timing. He he made some plays with his legs, found some guys open down the field. But majority of the night he was playing from his back, playing simple. It's hard to play quarterback when you can't step up into the pocket. So that offense line needs to get better. Oh. I kind of blame, honestly, the, the coaching staff a little bit. You You knew – you were young at tackle. You knew the strength of Florida's defense was the defense line. Yeah, You got to chip the defensive ends, whether they're running back. Sometimes guys use a tight end. They'll put them like in a wing position, give a little chip in route. So you just give them a little shove right in the, in the chest area. Yeah, just slow Or in them the down. rib cage, just to slow them down, just make them think, or change up the cadence. So there, there was none of that. So I think they need to start incorporating that a little bit more going forward just to give their tight ends or their tackles a little bit more time. And then Florida, four turnovers,
1: <laughs> Felipe. Listen, oh, my God. Before Unbelievable. You,
2: before you get on the I'm going to hate on and this is the same old Felipe, let's remember this is a very good Miami defense. Yes, we talked and about And honestly, th- this was not a terrible performance by Felipe. Two touchdowns. He showed some – Accuracy at times, I think Dan Mullen really handcuffed him throughout the game, not really opening up the playbook too much week one, yeah, especially with the offensive line. There's a lot of quick hitters, uh, not crazy, crazy game plan, but at times Felipe did not look terrible. Obviously, the picks were dumb, the fumble, the 10-yard line when he didn't fully put it in the running back's stomach and then try to pull it out late. You can't, you can't do that. You can't turn the ball over in the red zone. And we both agree that last interception was <laughs> one, of the wor- one of the worst interceptions I've seen. But he still played better than what he did at the beginning of last season. So that's promising. The one thing I don't like, though, and, and this is something I harped on the entire offseason, is Felipe. I want to see him play with confidence. Yeah, And you and saw that last year. He played with confidence. And I think now he's taking it to another level because you and I both know, Drew, there's a difference and there's a fine line. And, and guys want to walk this. Of being confident and being cocky, yeah. It's the, almost the, like the, he the, had fake not, juice. Yeah, he was. He was now. Last night, to me, he was playing as a cocky player. Yeah. All the the punning, the ball, the antics after touchdowns, the,
1: talking to know, the camera, Mr.
2: cool guy, going up to the fans, like, dude, just just play football. Like, yeah. you can be confident and not be cocky. Last night, he he went way over the line. He looked like an idiot. He sounded like an idiot. It's it's. I hope Dan Moore reels. Because I, I really did think that we saw some promise from Felipe that he's ready to move in the right direction. But then he would go just just running his mouth and then go throw an interception. It's like maybe if you weren't running your mouth to the camera after the touchdown and focused on what do I need to do to get ready for the next series, maybe you wouldn't be throwing stupid interceptions or fumbling the ball inside the ten yard line. So I think mindset for him, he needs to clean that up a little bit. But – I was encouraged. And and then defensively, we knew they were going to be stout. They got to clean some stuff up on the secondary, but those guys are so talented. I think they'll be fine.
1: Yeah. I mean, I get the emotion. First game of the season, a pretty live atmosphere. It seemed like in Florida, a great rivalry, storied rivalry between Florida and Miami with it being in state, obviously, but Felipe Franks, man, terrible look, terrible look on the personality side. It's almost like Dan Mullen was like, like wanted to give him that confidence boost at the end of the game. Like, Hey, this is our guy right here. We're sticking with him. He even said post game with Marie. He was like, We're sticking with him. We're going to keep rolling because he knew he was doing some stuff and, like, head-scratching decisions where you're like, what in the world is he thinking? You mentioned it, punting the ball after the game, talking to the cameras, talking into the cameras after touchdowns, just stuff that you would never do. You see seniors in high school do that when their game is on the local TV station on a Friday night, not the quarterback of the University of Florida. So every coach,
2: they they like to say like, oh no, it's on to the next game. That night or the next morning, they're they're turning on the TV copy. No I question. So that, Dan yeah, Mullen, that night, Dan Mullen either either watched the TV copy last night or he saw it this morning, and he's probably in his in his chair in his office 100%. just shaking his head like, because I mean obviously he doesn't know. I mean he's he has to focus. I know Grantham's the defensive guy and and, and Mullen's more the offensive mind. Yeah. But he, he has to be a head coach. So he's watching what's going on in the defense, special teams. So he really doesn't know the antics that Felipe is going on behind him. You know, like we talked about talking to the fans in the camera. So I, I think there was a nice little text message today to Felipe <laughs> Franks. Hey, uh, chill the hell out. We, come in the office. We got to chat for about five minutes. Nothing bad. Just we need to chat for about five minutes. And and uh, I'm sure Mullen got a little in- animated with it. But I don't know.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, let me say yeah, one more thing. I'm, I'm with a clean
2: cut quarterback, you know, do your job. Of course. Get back in the, get back on the sidelines, figure out what you need to do to get ready for the next series. Go out there, execute, just, just do your job. All that extra noise. And, and I, I think you said it best, Drew. It was fake juice. I mean, he did. It was not natural. It was, it looked forced. It looked yeah. uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable for me to watch, and I, I hope he's done with it. Honestly, I, I don't want to see that anymore oh, going forward.
1: Oh, man. I mean, that interception, I texted you. I was like, what the hell was that? I mean, Fowler and Street couldn't even really fathom the decision he made. There were four Miami defenders, four white jerseys around. It looked like a wheel route. Is that what it was? Because No. Was- what they,
2: so they, they were anticipating they got the ball back after the fourth down. Yeah. And they were anticipating Florida would think some kind of either run or a bubble pass was going to occur. So it was pretty much a pump fake to the bubble screen.
1: That's hoping what
2: it Hoping Miami yeah. thought that, like, hey, they're going to try to run at the clock, play tight coverage, everyone at the line of scrimmage. So they were hoping they'd sneak a like, – it's sort of like a trick play. Pump the screen. Gotcha. Those outside receivers would do kind of a, a fake stock block and yeah. go. But Miami didn't bite at all. I mean I was kind of surprised they didn't. The DB stayed back. The safety stayed back. No one was open. I mean, they were honestly, they're right there. Yeah, Felipe should just either run the ball or throw it in the ground. And uh, he tried to force it. Someone was in his face, and and uh, just plain and simple is just a, an awful decision oh from a guy God, you would dude. hope wouldn't make it. But going back again for both offenses, week one you expect it to be sloppy. I mean, we'll talk about the second game too, but this second game was even sloppy. Oh my
1: goodness! Game. I know, I know. It
2: was uh, at least it was more fireworks offensively. But both defenses were awful, and we knew both defenses were going to be awful in that game. But listen, Florida has a lot to improve on, and, and I guarantee you we'll be saying the same stuff about a lot of SEC teams sure. uh, this coming weekend as well, because it's it's week one. You know, yeah, you're not perfect in week one.
1: To put a bow on that game, first off, I took Miami first half plus four points. That was a no-brainer. And then, as we discussed last week on the podcast, I took Miami plus seven and a half, which was easy money as well. Huge sack on Dan Mullen for calling that fake punt first fourth down of the season. I love that it. was really impressive. I was four like, Holy for cow. four for four, downs. Four and then, four. and then the screen was the next play, right? Touchdown was the screen. I yeah. think. Yeah, uh, yeah, Two it was a little later. screen
2: out to the yeah the receiver, a little fake handoff, through the screen. And, yeah, but it shows you though, Florida has. Athletes on the outside. Oh, yeah, that kid. Even P right now out of the backfield, but Hammond was the good. Tony, Tony, yeah,
1: he's a stud. Yeah. Um, uh, I, man, Jefferson,
2: I mean, they got so much speed. Cleveland Grimes. So, I i honestly, the biggest surprise for me was how well the offensive line played for yeah, Florida. They,
1: did. they played. Really I, thought, well.
2: I thought they played really well for their first game going against Miami's defense. I thought they picked the blitzes up very well. I thought the run game was well at times. So, big kudos to those dudes. I think they stepped up and showed that hey. I know we're the weak point, but we're ready to put this on our back and and help lead this team to more wins.
1: Yeah, and Coach Rick last week when he was talking about Miami and why they went with Jaron Williams, the inexperienced redshirt freshman, he hit the nail on the head too. He said this guy's a good decision maker and an accurate passer. I think after the first half, he was like 13 of 15, Aaron. He had that touchdown in the second half. He played really well. Enos put him into the exact type of game plan that you and I expected with those high-percentage short to intermediate throws dj dallas ran well but when it comes down to it that offensive line it was hard to watch at the end of the game those tackles i felt you bad. Might as well throw me out there at left tackle yeah. i mean it was ridiculous and jaron williams had no chance and then the dagger the absolute dagger and i hate to say it because i'm a kicker punter whatever you want to say mm. when bubba backs missed that 27 yarder to go up 23 17 there was just under 10 minutes left in the game That was a huge turning point, and they just couldn't capitalize. That's a young team. That's a team that Manny Diaz has already believing in the new coaching staff. I thought this game was exactly what I expected. And Miami could make some noise this year. A lot of people are picking them to win the Coastal Division. Not much competition in the Coastal Division in the ACC. So, hey, it was a fun game to watch. We're going to keep tabs on both of these teams, but Florida has got to clean it up, and um, I would expect them to probably – Definitely play better down the road. But after that game, turned over to your employer, CBS Sports Network in Arizona, led by Khalil Tate was playing Hawaii led by Cole McDonald. This one got off to a fast start. You and I said we both loved Hawaii plus the points on island, which is mm-hmm. a great bet, always late night. And the over-under was ridiculous. It was 74 points. And you said two weeks ago you wanted the over. That cashed easily. But how about Cole McDonald? Four touchdowns, four interceptions, Khalil Tate getting going late, and then that last play of the game, that was like straight out of Friday Night Lights of the movie.
2: Oh, my goodness. It was uh, – well, first off, Hawaii's offense reminds me of what I ran in high school, four wide, five wide. I swear every other play was just four verticals. I mean, <laughs> you just have four guys running on the seam. Yeah. And Arizona was just playing straight cover three, and every now and then they'll mix in cover two. But even versus cover two, the seams were so wide open. It was just boom, 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 boom. But the issue was Cole was getting too juiced up there, and then he started just thinking that he, he can't be stopped. And then you know, four touchdowns, four picks. He gets benched. At the end of the game, I think most people turn off the TV. They didn't realize that Cole didn't finish that game. Cordero actually finished it. He went five for seven with a touchdown. So going to be interesting to see what Hawaii does going forward, because listen, Cole's great, great quarterback. He threw for 378 yards, four touchdowns, but you're not going to win games if you're throwing four picks. So he needs to work on that. I thought the most impressive thing was Khalil Tate. He played really, really well in that ball game. Yeah. Uh, and, Healthy, and that's finally. he, he kind of looked like he looked like two years ago. Yes. Running the football, throwing the football. Uh, he was electric, but that ending was just, it was tough to watch. I mean, it was him Damn. down to the one yard line. You thought he was going to score. Props to the defensive end for Hawaii, though. He, I think the play started about the 25, 30-yard line.
1: Yeah, 31-yard line.
2: Khalil breaks out of the pocket. He starts running. That nose the guard. The defensive end, or nose guard defensive end, did not give up on the play. He's the one who awesome. made the tackle at the one-yard line to stop him. So, uh, Hawaii, baby, it's tough to win on the island for opponents, and it was a fun game to watch.
1: Yeah, you know, Khalil Tate being in that second season of Kevin Summon's offense and being healthy, I think he's due for a pretty legitimate year. I talked about it. On a show uh, with the Stadium Network last week I think the Pac-12 is one of the hardest conferences To really guess what's going to happen this season Everybody's picking Utah to the Pac-12 South But I don't know if they'll be able to live up to the hype I know they've got a really legitimate team And a lot of returning starters But then you look at a team like Arizona I know they lost this game But as Khalil Tate kind of shows What he was capable of two years ago And then gets comfortable in that offense I think that they could be in deal For maybe a couple of upsets Did you watch
2: that defense? Oh yeah, they were absolutely horrible
1: Horrible. I mean, well, there's, there's no, no doubt.
2: There was no speed. The, the nickels were slow. The corners were slow. The safeties were slow. I mean, Hawaii ran around them like it was nothing. And, and Hawaii, speed-wise, does not have the speed that a lot of the Pac-12 team has. They have, they have athletes, don't get me yeah. wrong, and they got a good quarterback. But they looked very, very slow in the back end. That's going to kill them. I think teams are going to look at the film and say – we just got to spread this Arizona defense out, four receivers, three receivers, whatever it is, create those one on one matchups, and, and they just couldn't handle it. Like I'm telling you, they, yeah,
1: they got torched.
2: Hawaii literally would just run by them. It would just be like, we're faster, and Cole McDonald just launch it, and we're going to go get the football. So I, I like the offense. I think I agree with you. Khalil Tate, healthy, is electric. He can do a ton of the good stuff. I thought their offense improved throughout the game. But don't, another thing, too. This isn't a very good white defense. No. So let's not let's not let's not all of a sudden say this Arizona offense is electric and amazing. You know when they start getting the Pac-12 playing playing a little bit better defenses, say that Utah defense with that grief defensive line and some of the other defenses they'll face. They're not going to be able to put up 38 points like they did versus Hawaii.
1: Dude, Hawaii had six turnovers, scored 45 points, and still won the game. That should tell you all you need to know about Arizona's defense. But Khalil Tate, to your point, 22 of 39, 361 yards. He also ran 13 times for 108 yards. He had three touchdowns. And two picks. So Nick Rolovich, one of your favorite coaches, as you mentioned mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. You said you really like him. We're going to watch what he does in his second season at Hawaii. So just a good game to end week zero. And look, now we can head towards Labor Day weekend, the official opening weekend, week one of college football. A couple of games that we really want to keep in tune with. I think Thursday night will be fun. The launch mm-hmm. of the ACC Network, Georgia Tech playing Clemson. The big game this weekend in Dallas, Auburn against Oregon. Alabama plays Duke. Here in Atlanta, I don't think that's going to be close at all. And then, of course, Georgia opens up with SEC play in Nashville against Vanderbilt. So we're going to break all that down. We will have a probably grab a guest for Thursday's show, Aaron. We'll think about who to bring on, keep punting pass rolling for this upcoming season. But uh, one more question I wanted to ask you How about Andrew Luck retiring? What the hell? That's good crazy. For him, though, yeah, man. I agree. And, and just, I agree. And,
2: and good for the Colts for giving him his money. That's.
1: Yeah, I mean, they that didn't recoup guy, any his of the money. That's
2: whooped for his entire career. I mean, he was. I don't care how big and tough and strong you are. If you're getting knocked around by 300 pounders every single week, forget about it. Your body's going to go downhill fast. And his did. So I, I, I applaud uh, the Colts front office for for honoring his contract, his his bonus, and all the money. I yeah. Mean, you know, pay the dude. He, he, he did. He had a phenomenal year last year. He had a phenomenal career. I think four-time Pro Bowler. The kid's a stud. But like I said, just like Jaron Williams last night, you can't play quarterback when you're on your back. And there's too many times that we saw Andrew Luck oh. just in the absolute snot knocked out of him.
1: He just said the joy of the game had been taken out of it for him, and he wasn't even enjoying his personal life. So he did a little mm-hmm. assessment of what was most important to him, talked with his wife, said it was the hardest decision of his life. So, yeah, hat tip to Andrew Luck. Look, the guy has been super successful on the field. He will be super successful off the field. I think any football player or any self-respecting fan would say, hey, go find happiness, go do your thing. And and happiness for us most certainly is watching college football. And thank God it is back, Aaron, week one coming up. Labor Day weekend straight ahead. We will have another episode of the Punt and Pass podcast for you live next week thursday anything on the way out my man and um we No,
2: i'm just i'm gonna go through the schedule right now even thursday night there's some good games for us to watch i mean ucla cincinnati i think cincinnati is that
1: thursday night
2: thursday night i think cincinnati is is i think in my mind the best team in their conference um i think they're a really good team obviously interested to see what georgia tech looks like with their with their new offense see what clemson looks like this year uh and then i think the big game one of the best games of the weekend is a sneaky game. It's a late-night game, Utah and BYU. Oh, yeah, I think that, that is that, a great game. BYU is a damn good team, and the then Holy Utah's war. picked to win Utah's picked win their conference, the Pac-12, so it's at BYU. I think that's going to be a fun one to watch as well. So I know a lot of people are sleeping on week one, but I tell you what, there's three that's really Thursday good games night. Thursday night. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. Right. UCLA-Cincinnati awesome. started off.
1: Yeah, I think Cincinnati should have been ranked in the top 25 preseason. They had a great season last year, and yeah. then beat UCLA to start the season in L.A., so... Yep. Uh, Coach Fickle's got it going on over there. Thursday night, sweet. We will definitely have a podcast out Thursday morning for all of our listeners, and then we get to celebrate football being back. I'm fired up to watch the Dogs play in Nashville. That should be a fun game, and we have a ton to talk about. So, Aaron, appreciate you jumping on with me. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Again, follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11 and I am at Drew Butler 13 We will talk to you on Thursday. See you.